Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the poker podcast for players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And as you can see, we are on video for the first time ever. Woo! Yeah, tell the first time we've ever tried this and it's working swimmingly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for for uh, those of you who are paying attention, you may have noticed there was no episode last week. And why is that? Well, because not only are we bad at poker, we're also bad at uh, technology, apparently. And we recorded an entire episode with video that failed to record. So, yay. Yep, exactly. So, uh, oops, our bad, as the kids say. Uh, yep. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and it, it appears to uh, to have fixed itself. Uh, so we're, we're excited to, to get back at you with a standard episode for Poker Hands coming your way. Tell us how badly we played them in the comments, and, uh, you know, enjoy the episode. Absolutely. So, uh, how, how did this week go for you poker-wise, Mike? Uh, this week was fine. I didn't get to play a lot, unfortunately. I played... A short online session and a long late night live session. Um, uh, between those two sessions, I made a very very small profit. So uh, we're, you know we're talking like maybe fifty bucks. So um, you know it is what it is. But uh, it's okay. The live session was a lot of fun. It was a late night, like ten a.m. to or sorry, ten p.m. to four a.m. type of deal, which isn't something I do a lot because it totally screws up my sleep schedule. But you know, once in a while, it can be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the two hands I'm going to be sharing today are actually from that live session. Cool. Yeah, I had a usual Encore 1-3 session when I when I made it over one day and got pretty crushed, but you know, that's uh, them's, them's the beats. Seems normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what else, what else do you expect, right? And I actually did play, play at a table with a couple players who knew what they were doing and were also pretty good for the game, which is which is nice. I don't mind playing with people who are good as long as they're not sitting there silently acting like robots. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. I actually, I will say, this game I played in, uh, that the, was sort of a late night game, was very good, a lot of action. There was one guy at this table, I don't, I, he might be the biggest nit I've ever played with. In the three hours he was at the table, he played two hands, exactly two. Were they both aces? No, this was a weird thing. One of them was ace seven off suit, and one of them was ten nine of spades. So I don't really know. It feels what like what's going on. It feels like every week you play at a table with the new biggest nit you've ever played. I know. With. Like I don't understand. I mean, I don't even know if that it qualifies as a nit or just like I. I, I don't know. So Some just wait until for... we're at, until we're at the same table. I mean, then you can really say you played with the biggest nit you've ever played with. That's true. Yeah, every week a new nit. So. Well, cool. Right, why don't let's... Why don't we hop into it? Sounds like you're gonna give us a hand from uh, this this uh, two five live game, and this is Best Bet Orange Park. Is that right? That's right. This is Best Bet Orange Park two five five hundred cap, and both hands are gonna be against the same villain who was seated on my immediate left. Uh, she was uh, fair, uh, quite a competent player. Uh, she had a great session. I think she ended the night up like two k or something. So. Awesome. Good for her. Yeah, and uh, these were both pretty interesting spots. Um, one of them, I think I played this hand, I played one of them so badly, it's like probably, like I couldn't have played it worse type of deal, so we'll save that one for last. Like I couldn't have played any street worse. So, um, but we'll start with the the, the, the other one. So uh, this one was fairly early on in the night, so the straddle was not on much yet. 
That's okay. So just two five. We are five fifty effective with the main villain, and um, in this hand, um, the hijack, uh, who is a fine player, um, nothing really noteworthy about them. Uh, it's going to fold to them, and they're going to open it up to twenty five. Which the standard open in this game is usually twenty, but people go anywhere between twenty and thirty, and that doesn't mean too much. Wow, that's pretty big, um, considering that you're you know it's relatively short stacked too. Mm -hmm. You know that's like five five x when you're only sitting a hundred big blinds deep ish. So that that can make for some uh, some dicey short stack spots pretty quickly on the flop or the turn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say normally like thirty is pretty abnormal, but last night a lot of people were doing it. But, okay. Um, so, yeah, so he opens to 25, and I'm on the button with nine of hearts, nine of clubs. And I think I have a pretty standard call here. Yeah, I think it's fine to three bet also. Um, you know, I think people do like to three bet. I think nines is kind of the, the cutoff, so to speak, uh, even though you're on no, the I'm button. No, I'm on the button. Not the yeah, button. yeah, very funny. Nines are... Uh, you know, because I, I think pocket tens would be, a, a, you know, you would definitely slam dunk three bet. So I think nines are probably a borderline three bet. You know, fine, just get it heads up, build build the pot. I mean, especially if this player has been opening a reasonable amount and is not nitty. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I have no problem with a three bet here, and I will three bet nines from the button at some frequency. Certainly, if I was on the in the cutoff, I'm absolutely three betting nines there. I used to drive other players out, drive the button out. But in this case, I just called. And the small blind, who's going to be the main villain with whom we are 550 effective, kicks it up to 120. Wow, actually choosing a good good three-bet sizing. Yeah, I think it's a little small. Like, I think probably standard sizing would be, what, one, 4x plus the dead money, so... Uh, oh no! I'm sorry. That's the right. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's it's it's, base, it's just about right. I mean. Yeah. Just, yeah. What? Yeah. One twenty. One twenty-five. Whatever. But yeah, you know, yeah. the the average live three bet sizing in this scenario is like seventy. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, so. How to size their three bets? This is, by the way, is a great one one great way to tell if someone kind of knows what they're doing, has studied theory, or or what you know is just actually looking at some of their sizings like again people just don't go 3x plus one per caller plus one for out of position you know as a standard that often like i have seen you know bet or like raise to 15 call 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 three bet to 40 and then they like get upset when everybody calls and it's like wow no way yeah absolutely right no this so yeah this person absolutely sizes correctly uh and so the hijack folds and I think we have, I, I, I think we have to call here. I don't really think four. I can't imagine four betting is correct, and I, we can have the best hand a lot. So I think folding is crazy. So I think this is just a call. Yeah, I think I think calling here is fine. You know, again, I think I think uh, it's it's kind of an uncomfortable situation. But I, I and again, maybe this is a, a if your table's playing pretty aggressively, then you know three betting here from the you know initially makes a lot more sense just to avoid putting yourself in this sort of situation where the pot gets quite big we have kind of a you know borderline hand and you know so we so even though we're in position so that's just a thought on uh yeah. yeah no that's a really good point i mean i think if the small blind was like a very aggressive player i'm definitely three betting nines to disincentivize them to squeeze light however this player this player they were a competent player but they were not like getting after it like that so 
Right. I, it's not, I, like there were not there was not a lot of three betting going on at this table in general. Okay, great. So we so we make the call, and so there's about two seventy in the pot. It looks like, and we've got four thirty ish behind. Yep, that's about right. And which isn't like your fa- my favorite SPR with a pocket, with like a non-premium pocket there. You know, obviously yeah. you're not absolutely not getting the odds to set mine, but we can have the best handle. So yeah, um, the flop is pretty interesting. It's Queen of Diamonds, Seven of Hearts, Three of Diamonds. Okay, so we don't have a diamond. It's a pretty pretty dry. I mean, it's about as dry as you can get, huh? So I'd expect to face a C bet here a lot of the time. Don't yep. love the queen, but obviously we're still ahead of things like ace king, you know, wheel aces. If if she's three betting those, yep, ace jack suited. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and also small, you know, suited connectors. We're beating those. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I uh, you're, she absolutely c bets, and this sort of standard size down to sixty dollars here. It's actually quite small. Really small. I would say it's like a quarter pot. Um, because pot is, you know, what we say, it's like 265. It's actually less than a quarter pot. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's kind of small, but I don't think, I'm not attacking this raise. You know, I think I just have a square call. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to raise. If we raise, we just fold out the worst, you know, fold out any ace kings she may have and get snapped off by any over pairs or ace queens or anything. So I think just calling and evaluating is the is the right move here. I guess the, the one note would be that this, Maybe, you know, there is some merit. Maybe she's sizing down here because that sets up basically a pot-sized um, turn shove, right? Because this makes the pot now, you know, I assume we call and now the pot's 390 and we've got 370 behind, right? So that that basically, you know, if that's going through her head, then that, that might make sense why the flop bet is a bit smaller than normal just because she wants to get calls from, you know, most of your range and then just jam like every turn. Yeah. Yeah, that was going through my head too. And... um but that that isn't actually what happens here. So okay, great. Um, the turn now is the eight of spades, which is, I mean, it, it's a brick basically. I mean, <laughs> it completes nothing, you know. It completes her yeah. seven eight suited, of which there are two combos, and that's it. You're correct. It does complete seven eight suited. Um, and after some time. Villain does something pretty interesting, which is she bets 130, which is like a third pot. That is interesting. And it's going to leave me, if she jams river here, it's going to, I'm going to get like insane. If I call and then she jams river, I'm going to get some insane odds. So I don't know. What are you thinking here? This is a weird, this is definitely a weird spot. I mean, I think, I, I wonder if she can almost do this with like her whole range. You know, like I, I don't just because like the it does really change nothing. There's like no draws that have gotten in. You know, it's it's a little weird to bet so small. Like maybe she want like she wants you to call with draws, but obviously you're like very priced in here to call with like any draw basically. You know, pretty much getting the direct odds at least. You know, I guess not not really with a flush draw or a straight draw, but you know you might. You're probably getting the implied odds to call. Oh yeah, with any when any like non gut shot draw, I absolutely have the implied odds to call here. So what it's a weird, I... it's a weird yeah, spot. Ahead. I mean, it's just a weird spot because I think she could totally be doing this still with over pairs. Like she might not want to jam and make you fold one of these like middling pocket pairs, 
Or this could kind of indicate, like, you know, a weaker made hand, right? Like jacks or tens or something that, that is second pair, but is a, is a good second pair and just doesn't want to necessarily, you know, jam and fold out the parts of your range that she's beating. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair as well. I mean, I, I was really, I tanked for a while on this turn, which is weird because it was such a small bet, but I was just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to turn my hand into a bluff? Am I supposed to fold? like getting these crazy this crazy price i mean my hand can't really improve like really like i have one clean out as the nine of spades but like um if you know if she's uh, although i guess it's conceivable she has jack 10 suited here also so it's not even that clean um so yeah like my hand can't improve so like like i guess if i call here i hope it goes check check but then do i even win when that happens like Ugh, I, I know, know you're just getting such good odds it's kind of a gross spot and but like this is kind of what happens right if we if we like flat and then call preflop with nines we're kind of saying like you know it's such a good hand like it's a pair it's ahead of a lot of her range we're kind of committing you know committing ourselves to calling these small sizings it's just kind of an awkward spr that you know if she goes small 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 it just happens to be for our whole stack right no i mean i think this is really like on the one hand, you know, I'm, I double flatted preflop. So, you know, if I'm in villain's position, I, I'm probably sticking it in on the turn with most of my range because I want to put a ton of pressure on a double flat range. Right. On the flip side, you can make this case for like, well, a double flat range is going to be one pair a lot. And if I have a made hand, I could probably get three streets if I go small, small, small. So, you know, I think it's, it's pretty clever from villain certainly. And, um, I was sort of at a loss. I, I ended up calling. I don't know that that's right, though. Well, and and I wonder if there's some merit, even though this is not necessarily. I don't. I don't know if this is like allowed, but I wonder if there's some merit to like calling turn and folding river if she jams, like just because it's like never going to be a bluff when she goes like small, small, small. Like mm-hmm. you know, even though you're going to be getting, you know, you'll have to call like two sixty to win like six fifty, right? You're, you'll be getting like two and a half to one, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's like like which is just in, like I don't know if you're gonna find a bluff, you know. Is she, I mean, it, it'd be kind of crazy for her to go like small, small, small with Ace King, right? That's just like well, like Ace King, maybe Ace King suit, like Ace King of Diamonds. Yeah, and I feel like Ace King of Diamonds wants like a jam turn, right? As you said, to put the pressure on. So I I don't know. It's just yeah. it's just a weird weird spot. But I, I think calling turn. I mean, I feel like we have to call turn for this sizing, but I... Oh, yeah, my plan was to call turn and fold river if she jammed. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair, just because I just don't... Th- I don't see her going... I think it, it would be very creative in line to go sort of small, small, small with, like, an unpaired hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's kind of basically saying, like, I have a marginal made hand that, like, I think is the best hand. Like, that's how I would read this betting, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah anyway so the river comes the um the river is a diamond it's the five of diamonds okay so it's not it's not the most money saving card i've ever seen because again like again i feel like diamond draws are just one of those hands that that makes me want to be shoving turn with a lot of the range just because if you have a draw you want to fold out your like pocket nines but i wonder if you ever play like seven six of diamonds this way I think it'd be wrong too, but someone might. Like people go weird, do weird things with pair plus flush draws. So. Someone might. That's yeah. that's true. Um, 
Obviously, obviously, if like the if the river was like an ace or a king, I think we would probably fold. Be much happier about folding. Yeah. Like if she bets, but maybe and maybe the action goes check check, and we just beat like ace king. Yeah, well, that's not what happens. So villain jams. All right. And I lay it down pretty quick. Yeah, and I think I think that's I think that's fair to to fold here for all the reasons we discussed on the uh, on the turn. And I mean, I I think that here even like a lot of her hands do improve if she did decide to play this way with any flush draws you know where she like maybe she kind of made the decision to, to go small 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 with like her whole range almost just to put max pressure and put you in a, like just this awful spot on the river so it's yeah. not inconceivable that some flush draws made it here it's also not inconceivable that she has ace king or ace jack that are not in diamonds but like i do think that's much less likely than her having some sort of made hand here yeah well uh, she told me later she had pocket jacks. Right, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Do you? What do you think about the the river? Like, is is that too thin on the river? I I, I don't actually think it is too thin, but I think I wouldn't. I might not have had the the guts to to make that river bet. But I I think it's. I mean, what are you getting called? Like, I feel like there's just so much queen X in my range, maybe, but maybe not after I tank for so long in the turn. I don't know. Now the well, so the question is from the villain's perspective, right? If you put yourself in the villain's shoes, if you check river. And you and the button jams. Are you calling? Because it's only like because you're getting such insane odds. Hmm. Interesting. Because I think the answer is probably yes, especially if you have a diamond. Just because you're getting such great odds, and like you know, when you check, a lot of villains are going to perceive that as weakness. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then you may as well just jam. Right. If you're calling anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I think... Although, like, if it goes check-check and you win... I mean, I guess you're saying, like... If it goes check-check, I probably win, which I think is true. Right. And then, so, like... And if it goes check-jam, then I'm calling. And, like, what are the I draws? i my stack in and see if I can get called by worse. And what are, like, the draws? Right, because hands that are worse than you are, are definitely checking it back. Because if the main flush draw got there and the board was so dry on the flop, like, you just... Like the button should just shouldn't have like nine ten that often, right? right? Like or some some weird miss straight draw because like maybe maybe specifically like nine ten of hearts, right? Like double backdoor, but like that's not good. Like that's not a good backdoor, right? That's it's like only a backdoor flush draw, but you know it's kind of interesting. So I I, I I think her play is is pretty good. I don't know. I, yeah, big I fan. think very solid. I think um, I think like maybe the lesson here is just three bet nines pre, but. I don't think that three betting nines a hundred percent could possibly be correct. So I no. think it's good to use a mixed strategy there. So hey, but pretty interesting hand, I thought. Yeah, really cool. Okay. Um so my hand, it's actually interesting. Both of my hands are gonna be against the same villain as well. Um I I like this villain. I he's uh he also kinda knows what he's doing. He is definitely very aggressive. I've picked off a number of bluffs before from him. I've played with him a couple times before. He like made and and some of his bluffs. He, sometimes he does just go a little crazy. Um, like I, I basically like I wound up. There was this one time like I had ace high. He check raised me on like ten four four rainbow or something. So I just call and then the turn is a blank and he barrels big and I call and the river is a ten double pairing the board and he jams and I'm like okay you just obviously don't have anything and I called and he just mucked so. You know, he he may not be the mu I you know, I, I think he, he does try and play aggressive in spots where it might not make sense, but I also think he is pretty solid and has a pretty you know, he raises a lot, he doesn't limp a lot, definitely has some understanding of the game. 
He's what they call a lag. A loose yeah, and, and I don't know that he's necessarily that loose or if maybe... You know, and, and to be fair, his play probably works a lot of the time against a lot of players. You know, in the board double pairs, they'll just, like, throw away over pairs in frustration because they're like, he must have a boat here. You know? So, I, I don't even hate that play necessarily, but I, I kind of have that background where he is aggressive and... Yeah, I, he, can't, he can get out of line for sure. So in this particular hand, uh, I am in the hijack. Uh, we're playing 1-3 at the Encore. It's $500 cap, and we're in... And basically, the effective stack is around $500. Uh, he has sat down pretty recently at this point. A um, lot, lot of turnover at the tables, because it's like 7 p.m., so it's kind of people getting off work and new. a lot of new players cycling in. Um so I am sitting in the hijack here with 9-7 of hearts. Okay. Uh, I'm going to open it up. It's late position. No limpers. Just kind of, you know, which is shocking. Um, I I think you maybe need to fold this hand. 9-7 ah, like, suited for the hijack? Yeah. I mean, not to be pre-flop police, pre police, but you think about, like, how you construct your range. You actually don't need that many suited connectors and suited one gappers to construct your range properly if you play a lot of suited aces which i know we are both fond of doing if you look at a lot of the a lot of the charts like unless you're at like a, a, a table I mean, even then i don't know like i think that you would rather construct your range with nine eight eight seven seven six six five you know than you would to play these one gappers like ten eight i think for some reason solvers like to play ten eight as like a one gapper Maybe but even more than Jack Nine for some reason, but I think I think like nine seven from the hijack is too many hands. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I just decided I I I decided to double check one of the the range viewers you know after the fact, and I think it that I just from a course that I took on on live cash a while ago, and it it basically says open raise with tight players behind or weak weak blinds, which is probably not the case because this this guy is sitting in the big blind, and I know he's he's pretty likely to defend. Um, so that you you may be right that that nine seven and ten eight and eight six are kind of pushing pushing the envelope of being uh being too much. Uh, you know, obviously if it's offsuit, I would not would well, not yeah. you know believe it or not, I I can fold preflop once in a while. But point taken that you know can probably just just fold this preflop. Yeah, I mean, not to say that it's a bad bad hand. It's just like you don't need that many suited connectors in your range. So. Right. Right. People like to think of suited connectors as being like made hands and strong when really it's like nine high. Right. I have definitely seen people say that suited connectors are like strong hands and ace king is a drawing hand at the same time. So N nothing wrong with that, Roger. Yeah. Anyway, uh anyway, my plan backfires. The cut the cutoff calls and the big blind also calls. So we're going we're gonna be going three ways here to a flop. Which you know, not not ideal, but and but the flop. I mean, the flop does give me what some hope. What was the open size? What, what was it? Fifteen, size? which is pretty much the standard open size one three here. So, the you know, I call I opened a fifteen from the hijack. The cutoff calls. The big blind calls. The big blind is the main villain here. Um, we're playing five hundred effective. The flop is going to come ace ace ten rainbow with one heart. The ace of hearts. Uh, it is. Not the Ace of Hearts is the Ten of Hearts. Interesting. All right. Uh, it the big blind checks. I think I I have to see bet this even multi way. I mean I'm just gonna get a lot of folds from hands that have me beat. Um, yeah. 
lots of offsuit broadways that people are probably over beeping. Oh, they're going to call. They have a gut shot. Um, <laughs> anyway, I bet 15. The cutoff folds quickly. Uh, he's a pretty tight player. I didn't think he was going to be sticking around. But the, the villain, the big blind, is going to make the call pretty quickly. Um, I see bet 15. I don't know if I said that, but a third pot. I mean, I could go 10, but 10 and 15, it doesn't really make a difference in uh, yeah. how live players view it. I mean, obviously, if you get raised here, you're folding, I imagine. Yes. But, uh, um, but it's a weird, it would be a weird spot to raise just because, like, it's ace, ace, 10. I just have a massive range advantage. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, what are you, if the turn is like the deuce of clubs, are you shutting down here? I think if the turn is the deuce of clubs, I, I would shut down because I think call when when somebody calls you on these boards, my thought is it's it's very likely an ace. Okay. You know, I mean, it's not I mean, always an ace. Of, I think there's lots of small pocket pairs too. Yeah, yeah, but I I think I can shut down. Like I can always check back the turn and like bet river too because I think I'd do that a lot with like, you know, with my own pairs and like tens and, and like good tens and stuff, right? Like king ten suited would probably play that way. Um, but the turn is actually quite good for me. It's the six of hearts. So now ah, the now so the you turn a gut shot straight flush draw. Yeah. So so the board comes. Uh, the 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 board is now ace ace ten six, and we've got the ten and the six of hearts. Uh, the aces are obviously offsuit. Um, you have nine seven of hearts. And the big blind checks to me. Uh, so obviously I'm in a bet here. This is definitely a card that I would like to continue bluffing on. Um, and I think that I would like to take a relatively large sizing. Uh, what what kind of size? I assume that you want to bet here, and uh, and what kind of sizing do you like? I would do want to bet my straight flush draw. Um, yeah. Well, we have to think about is the big blind capped here? Like, because like the like he never has a strong ace. So this like you think that he has some weak aces in his hand, so he can have trips here. So, and, like the. You know, he never has boats, and, like, you have some boats, but not a lot of boats. So I don't really like... But, like, I guess what I'm saying is I don't really think you have a massive nut advantage here. I don't think he's that capped, so I don't really want to overbet, um, which is something I would do a lot with, like, super strong draws like this. But I don't think you want to overbet here. I think you probably want to take... I mean, the pot's, like, uh, is it's, like, 75, right? So I probably want about three quarters, so maybe, like, 60 Okay, yeah, I, I wind up betting 50. I agree with that. I mean, I think I do want to go large, and I think I probably could have gone larger. Um, yeah, I mean, he can obviously have, like, a six offsuit, like, a lot more than I can, right? He can, I mean, he probably shouldn't be defending multi-way with, like, offsuit aces. But, you know, I, he, he could. He could. People love playing their, their aces. But, anyway, I, I decided to bet 50. I think I could have sized up a bit, gone 60 or even, like, 70. Um... But he winds up, he, he kind of thinks for a little bit, and then he calls. So the pot okay. is now is now 175. Um, and just want to talk a little bit about how you, before I tell you the river, what what do you think about playing river bricks here? Would you be continuing? The, uh, ordinarily, right, if the board is not paired, and especially if the board is not paired with an ace, like I would be barreling a lot on, on rivers. Like on, on brick rivers because you know straight flush draws are kind of good hands to just like you know structure as triple barrel bluffs. It's a little weird because I didn't flop a straight flush draw; I turned it, and it's also weird because like aces are just way overplayed. And I don't mean people overplay aces; I mean people play way too many aces because people just love seeing aces in their hand. 
So it makes me, you know, that to me makes me a little wary to be triple barreling on, on bricks, but interested to hear your thoughts. Um, well, yeah, that's an interesting question. So the pot now is, you said... It's 175. 175, and your stacks are something like 420, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually... I think you should bet Brick Rivers for an... I think you should take an overbet sizing on the river because now he has capped himself. He can no longer have uh, a strong ace. I mean, he can still have trips, but I even think most... Like, he could have, like, ace-deuce trips, you know? Yeah. Like, really bad trips. I think he's capped himself at bad trips. So I'm I'm betting Brick Rivers, and I'm taking an overbet sizing. We now have a pretty ex- extreme nut advantage... Uh, where we have both, I mean, maybe we don't have an extreme nut advantage, but we have a pretty, we now have a pretty extreme range advantage. Right. And a little nut advantage. So I would take an overbet sizing. I wouldn't do anything crazy. I'm not going to jam. I'm going to stick it in his face, but I'd probably take like 1.25x. Like 200, you're basically. Like two, yeah. 225, yeah. Now, and, and what if the river is like a, a deuce of hearts? What are you thinking? Are you still overbetting for value? Sure, betting 225, yeah. Um, I mean, well, I guess you're saying, well, oh, does he have... No, no, if the river is just a brick heart, I didn't necessarily mean a deuce. If the yeah, river yeah. is some I... some heart, because he can probably have any random low ace, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think he ever has a flush draw here. Like, he, he shouldn't have hearts, and you can't have hearts. So, again, I want to take an overbet side. Okay. Well, I, I think that's totally fair, and this is kind of a spot where maybe I, I over I was overthinking it a bit, and my I was kind of thinking, oh, I want to be shutting down a lot of brick rivers, because, like, you know, when he calls twice, I do think players, like don't necessarily check raise their trips all that often when it's an ace because they think you know and especially when you have kind of an aggressive image players do like to play a little bit more i don't know trappy not necessarily trappy but just thinking you know oh yeah he'll bet and i had this happen a number of times actually where people wound up like checking really strong hands and like picking off bluffs uh definitely fresh in my mind that i had just bluffed into trips in the session too but anyway that the which is not a good not a good way to be thinking about it. And I, I think your reasoning all makes sense that his range will often be capped and even a weak ace may fold River a lot. Um, right, I mean, we're targeting, with that sizing, we're targeting a weak ace because if he has anything worse, he's obviously, he'll fold to something smaller. So that's a sizing to try to get a weak ace to fold. And I think a lot of people will, at least in my experience, people go, ah, uh, my kicker's no good. I had ace four offsuit. It's like, okay. Um, do you think that, He'll be calling turn with 10x. I assume he will be calling turn with 10x. Do you think he'll be calling turn with anything worse? Like, will he will he fold his pocket nines, pocket eights on the turn? What? 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 I think he will. Yeah. So I'm. So I should basically be targeting an ace or maybe a ten, a sticky It'd ten. Be a strong ten. Yeah, like king ten. Okay. Well, well, the river winds up coming the deuce of clubs, which is you know the oh, the textbook brick. Uh, he checks, and I decide to check back, but I, I think that, you know, one, that's why really why I wanted to discuss this hand, because I felt a little, I wasn't 100% sure what I should have done. I felt, you know, just with a, with a paired ace, I, I, always, I always have trouble navigating these sort of paired boards and backdoor draws and all that. And he shows 10-9 offsuit. Uh, and I was like, damn, definitely could have gotten him off that. Uh, and honestly, probably could have gotten him off a lot of weak aces, too, with a, with a large sizing, so... Um, obviously, obviously, you know, I would have been much less upset if he had showed me like ace three. 
Uh, but you know, sure. that's that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I think like people really don't notice, myself included. What like when they check call uh, certain boards, how that really where there's like so few kind of strong hands they could have to begin with which is the case on this board and then you think like oh he's check called twice now like if he had one of those strong hands he would be check raising at least sometimes right so like now the the like number of times that i'm in the situation where they have a strong hand and they have played it this way is so rare they're basically capped and yeah. i should get after it well, I think that makes sense. That's a good way to think about it. So, cool. Awesome. Well, why don't we move on to your uh, your second hand, which is against the same player, I guess, the same competent player taking good three bet sizings and these uh, these cool triple barrel small bet lines. Yeah, yeah. In this hand, I think I just could not have played this hand worse. Like this, when I, after this hand, I was like, I am such a terrible poker player which is true so it's good to like be reminded of that but yeah i i really can't fathom how or why i played the, this hand the way i did i mean i can explain some of my reasoning in real time but it's fully it's very fallacious so great anyway glad that so this, i we just went through that so i'll be glad to hear it from your side as well yeah yeah so this is two five ten now the straddle was on about half the hands by the time we got like halfway through the night the straddle was on for half the hands and this okay um, in this hand, I am in the big blind, that is the middle blind. I have king seven of spades. And what's the effect of stacks here? All right, $700. So we are 70 big blinds effective with straw. Uh, I am the effective stack. Villain covers me by a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, she wound up up 2,000. She better cover you at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and we are six-handed. And one thing that I had noticed about this villain is she was playing a lot of hands preflop like too many hands okay so, um see where this is thought, going what what i said i see where this is going well no my thought was that like a hand like king seven suited which i would i mean so first of all what happens is under the gun or under the gun plus one i guess limps and it folds to me and ordinarily i would raise this hand it's not a very good hand, but it's a hand that has fine post-flop playability. So I would raise this hand to steal the blinds and then maybe play an awkward post-flop hand out of position if I have to. But I decided that because I was very unlikely to steal the blinds, I decided to just limp. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. I think that I think it's fine to like over limp a good amount of the time. I actually think like you can you can put like a lot of hands into an over limping range from like or like I guess this is really a completing range, like. Mm -hmm from the small blind and normal poker and from the big blind here like just kind of hands that have have good implied odds just because you don't need to call that much more like if you're getting like such insane odds if you like think right. about the actual odds that you know your odds of flopping a, you know not flopping but making a flush at some point or like a two pair is like pretty reasonable even when you don't think like your odds of winning against their ranges is like pretty good even when you don't consider implied odds so i think over limping here is is fine I think I think you definitely can complete here. I don't think there's anything wrong with raising just to just to steal the blinds because you do have a pretty playable hand. But you know, if you if you don't think you're gonna have that much fold equity, then I don't think that raising makes a lot of sense because this is obviously not a premium hand. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, but I actually think I was wrong, to be honest. Like, I appreciate you defending my player, but I think it's wrong because if Villain is playing a lot of hands pre and I'm going to get called a lot, then I can just apply a lot of pressure to what is basically a very weak range and probably, you know, make more money by single barrel, double barrel type of things. So... Yeah, but I, I do think, you know, from the from the small blind, I mean, I'm I, so I'm looking again at the sort of range viewer and just thinking it kind of like small blind completion where you pretty much can complete with like most suited kings. You know, and obviously that does apply more if there are more limps too because then you like really have no fold equity. But I think that like, you know, especially when there's like a player to act and you have limps, the odds of you getting a bunch of folds, like everyone to fold is just not that likely and your hand is like pretty... Sure. Pretty marginal, so I re I really like think overlimping is like a fine thing to do with like a lot of kind of weak suited hands. I think that's fair, and yeah, I mean ultimately, I I limp, straddle checks, so we are three ways to a flop. This is a six the, the we are six handed right now, by the way, because a bunch of people were off doing stuff. I don't know. Right. Um. So this is three ways. Uh, under the gun plus one who open limped is a very sort of weak tight player. So okay. Not really concerned about him. Um. The flop comes queen of spades, nine of clubs, nine of spades. Okay. So, so we've got the second second dot flush draw here. Correct. On a paired board. Yep. And my plan here was to check raise. I think that's fine. Okay. You do? Do I, I do. I, I kind of so so and again it's a little weird because you are you're six handed, so I don't I don't mind leading here either, and you're only playing three ways on the flop. But if you think about, you know, we've I know we've both done a lot of studying and read about like bomb pots where, you know, if you're in a bomb pot, you know, a lot of the times from early position, you pretty much like don't bet. You wanna like always check raise, right? Or fold. And I think I, I've kind of tried to take that logic and apply it to like super multi-way limped pots. You know, like, if I'm in the big blind with, like, some garbage and I make a strong hand or a strong draw, you know, I basically try to check-raise because you could just, like, apply a lot of pressure that way. So, I, I I don't dislike it, and, like, I think it... And also, like, I don't even mind if the flop checks around either. Well, well so, I mean, there's only three of us, so this isn't super multi-way. Yeah, and that's true, and that's what I was saying, but but I... And, and I, I understand that the situation is a little bit different. But, like, I don't even mind if this flop checks around because, like, right. there can definitely be, like, a ton of nines in, like, both of their ranges that we just, like, and if we, if they decide to play trappy, like, we can just hit a free, you know, we, I don't mind getting a free card either, so. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I, that's what happens. It checks around. So. Yeah. So, I, I think, I think that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike betting either because, like, obviously when we get called, we can, like, keep applying, like, a lot of pressure, but. You know the ranges here are so wide. It's like it's very it's a it's a little bit strange. Like you know if we get called by the by the straddle, there's just there's so many hands that like the straddle can have, and it definitely makes future streets like pretty pretty complicated. And I do think a lot of the time when they check back, it does cap their range because I think most people would start betting with a nine. True, I think you're right. I think most people would bet with a nine. I obviously don't think a nine is holding to a single check raise, but you know we we can construct a double barreling range fairly easily here. So. Okay, well, checks around. So still $30 in the pot, plus the small blind minus the rake. Um, and then um, the turn comes the five of clubs. Okay, so Pretty brick. Tricky. I mean, there's a second flush draw out there. Yep. 
and I decide to lead for twenty. Okay. I mean, I think I think lead, once once it's checked through, I mean, I think this is you know we're taking a stab. I I think we're probably going to get called a lot here, but I do think that barreling the river will take things down a lot. Like again, if you kind of think about this from a position standpoint. Like, we are kind of, it, being in the, the first to act position, you know, the, the small, the big blind with two people behind us, we are like the only, like, we are the only one who's allowed to, like, check a nine on the flop at all, right? Like, really, I, I, I would say, right? Because if you were in the straddle and someone checked to you and you had a straw, like a nine or king seven suited, you'd be betting, right? Sure. And if yep. you were in the under the gun limper position, because you do a lot of limping from under the gun, I know. Uh, and you had one of those hands and it checked to you in position, you'd obviously be betting a, a lot, like a, a lot of hands, right? So so we're the only ones who's really allowed to have a really strong hand, a really strong draw here. So I, I do like betting because I think that they've both shown a lot more weakness and we, we are like the ones who can have some slow plays. Sure, I think that's fair. And yeah, this this three I thought was you know fairly straightforward. We do get called by the straddle and the the end of the gun plus one limber folds. Okay. Um. So we are now at a seventy dollar pot. Yep. And the river is the eight of spades. Ah. We make a flush. So this is really why you're thinking should have started betting the flop because just start shoveling money in. Well. What are you doing on the street? I think I'm betting quite big. How big? Uh, you know, I, I actually don't even hate hate overbetting here. I mean, I just think... I think we can do that a lot with, like, bricked clubs. Because I think we do... I think given the action, like, clubs is a is a hand that's, you know, reasonably likely for us to have. Because, you know, we, we checked the flop. We started betting on the turn with it when a second flush draw came out. So I, I like taking a big sizing and just, like, you know... I guess I don't really know what strong hands the, the straddler has is the issue. So I don't know. I guess it depends on, like, what hands we're really targeting here. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, what are we hoping to get called by? I mean, a smaller flush, I guess, is, is certainly possible. Um, but not a lot of those out there. Um, I mean, shouldn't be... I feel like villain shouldn't really ever have the nut flush here, like, as played. Agree. Yeah. Ever, I agree. Probably. Um, like, I don't know what, like, checking this, like, especially from a, co like, a fairly competent player, I don't think they're checking the straddle a lot after a limp limp with a suited ace. Well, and then I also just don't think they're checking on the flop. Like, I, I, she is, it clearly seems like she does kind of, you know, is pretty aggressive, right? And, like, kind of knows how to, you know, as you said, she's fairly competent. So I do think, like, I think from her especially, her range is, like, quite, I guess maybe, maybe we should take a smaller sizing because her range is pretty capped from the flop. Just because, like, I think she should be betting, like, strong hands. Like, the only really strong, really strong hand she can have here is, like, pocket fives, right? That's, like, sure. like I feel like she should be betting nines. She probably is betting some amount of queens on the flop. Although, if she has, like, you know, queen three, queen deuce offsuit, probably not. Which are, but you know, again, it's a limped pot, so these are all hands she can have. I mean, I actually think we would get looked up by a queen. Okay. Even for the, that kind of sizing, then, then yeah, I mean, I, I do. Then I do like, then I do like overbetting because a lot of her range is also just going to be nothing, right? That just like I don't know, maybe she floated the turn with like ace high because she thought it might be good, and it's just not going to call any bet, right? And maybe that hand will bluff, but like I don't know that she. 
just because she has so many hands in this being in the straddle in a limped bot, I don't really know that she's turning enough hands into bluffs for us to like want to like check raise or check call or whatever. Yeah. Um, I certainly, I think a check raise could never possibly be correct here. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, Good. I agree. Um, I think a check call strategy to induce a bluff has some merit. Anyway, I actually, interesting that you said that because that's what I did. I bet a hundred dollars. Okay. And for basically all the reasons you said. And then villain raises to 350. Oh. Oh. I know. Gross. I know. That's what I I was like. Yeah. Because like, wow. That's such a, wow. This villain just loves putting us in nasty spots. But I guess that's like, that's like how you know they're like a relatively competent player is like, if they just consistently make you feel like you've just thrown up in your mouth. Yeah. No, I was like, Ugh. yeah. What are you doing here? Wow. I mean, it's just a really, such a strange spot because, like, I don't know. Is she playing, I, maybe she plays trappy stuff. Like, the one hand she could be trapping on the flop is, like, queen nine offsuit, right? Or I guess queen nine suited, but there's there's two combos of queen nine suited. There's plenty more of queen nine offsuit. And yeah, maybe if you have... Nine, there's a total of six combos of queen nine. Yeah. And if you have... Like, I guess if you have the board that locked up, you might check. But honestly, like, I still wouldn't check in that situation because it's a limped pot. Well, no, like, I'm, I don't think checking... I, I don't think checking is very good. I'm just saying, what do we do when we get raised to three? I know, and I'm just kind of talking through, like, what strong hands villain can have. And, like, honestly, I feel like it's, like, just pocket fives. Right? What are, what are their... Yeah, pocket fives and queen nine. And the other thing, like, maybe she does have a smaller flush that she's that she's raising. I think that's a probably a bit of an overplay when you overbet. Like, I don't... We do, know this, we do know this villain is capable of making thin value bets. Right. So, but but against an overbet, it, like... Yeah. It's a lit Like, especially if you have kind of demonstrated competence in this session, which I highly doubt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, then it, like... It's so weird to be raising this overbet, but I I just think like like let's so so how so we have to call two. Let's review just for the listeners. Let's review the board here real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. We have I have king seven of spades. The board is queen of spades, nine of clubs, nine of spades. The turn is the five of clubs, and the river is the eight of spades. I have the second nut flush. There are set, we have determined that queen nine and five five are <clears throat> the boats villain can have. Uh, bluffs, what, the stiff ace of spades? Like, is that it? <clears throat> That's, I mean, I think, I think, so, so the thing is, I think there's a the stiff ace of spades and a nine. Oh my God, that'd be so sick. I think the stiff ace of spades, may, it doesn't even need to be a nine. It could be with like another pair, right? Like ace five with the ace of spades would sure. be like a good combo. Cause that like blocks one of your, many of your value hands. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, so we're getting like. She's, this is basically a pot size raise, right? Like we have to call two fifty to win two seventy. Yeah, three and two to one. And like I do, I, I just think between those like bluff combos and the the possibility that she's overplaying a small flush once in a while, like the jack high flush, I guess. Like I guess she could. Okay, she could also. No, I don't think she could. I was gonna say she could have jack ten of spades, but I don't think she can because again, that's another hand you just want to start shoveling money in on the flop, 
And she yeah. probably would raise Pre, honestly. Yeah. So No, I just think I didn't really think there were a lot of overplayed flushes, which is sort of the issue. Like at the time, I was like, oh, maybe there's some overplayed flushes here here. But like in hindsight, like really are there? Like really like Jack six of spades? Like why? But also so so there's nine value combos basically, right? That beat us. Mm -hmm. There's six queen nines and there's three pocket fives. Yeah. And so we only need to find like Four or five. No, yeah, because we need to be good one in three times, basically, when we make this call, right? So we need to find... Yeah, one one out of three times. And we said how many value combos? Sorry. Nine. So we need to find four and a half. Four and a half bluffs, right, sorry. Which I think think we can, right? Like, I think Ace... If she's turning the Ace of Spades into a bluff, like, there are plenty of offsuit Aces with the Ace of Spades that she could just check. But she might not be... She obviously might not do that 100% of the time. I I just want to know that she's calling the turn with that... I think, like, probably it's just, like, ace-five, really, if we're being real. So it's probably, like, three combos there of ace-five off with the ace of spades. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, kind of the only logical bluff, I think. Right. Yeah, ace-nine, again, I think it's just betting the flop. I guess maybe ace... No, because ace-eight, you're right, probably wouldn't be calling the turn but it might. Like, the thing is, like, I don't know. Like, a random ace-high might just call the turn, like, because it's you know, you could you could reasonably construe it as just taking a stab with like a bunch of garbage, and then like you know maybe she expects you to like because they right if you're in her shoes and like someone bets, you might say, oh, I can float the turn here, and if the action goes check check on the river, I'm gonna win a lot. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to be clear for for the audience, so I'm getting two to one. So for every X to one you're getting for your for for every. Um, X value combos your villain has, you need one bluff. So we are getting two to one. Our villain has, we determined nine value combos. So that means we need for every two, nine divided by two is four and a half. So that means we need four and a half, to find four and a half bluffs. We found three logical ones. Josh has posited that there are a few other illogical ones, sort of illogical, like, yeah, eight floating with ace high in the middle, which I think is a little dubious, but possible. And the other... Um, the other thing is, is that, like, the only, like, there's one and a half, like, if she, if she plays one combo of a flush this way, then, like, we are basically getting the right odds. Like, then we have to call. Right? If she's, if she's, if she's ever doing this with any combo, we bas- we have to call. So I just want, like, for, for that reason, like, I, I just think, I just think we, we, we want to, we, we have to call here. But it is a brutal spot. And against most, I would say also against most live players, I would snap fold. Snapful. If you're playing against a gentleman over the age of fifty, this is a snap fold, and you are a donk if you call this back. Yeah. So, so let's let's also say that that this is this is specifically because this villain has shown competence and aggression and the ability to bluff. Yeah. So we put the money in. Okay. And we get shown Queen of Hearts, Nine of Diamonds. Oh, damn. That is a and and a, that that I mean it is what it is. It definitely sucks, but I think again I I just think she should be betting those on the flop. Honestly, like in a limped bot, I just think you're gonna get called a lot, even if you have the board locked up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can even take away some value combos. You could make the argument because not all of them will be slow played that way. So. Yeah, so I yeah. I think it's a fine call. Like it just because okay. she she can be bluffing, 
I'm yeah, after talking through it, I feel with you, I feel a little bit less bad. Although I will say, just because both of us agree a line is acceptable, like that might even be evidence of how bad of a line it is. So. Bart, if you come across our podcast somehow, please tell us what we act. What please tell us the truth. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, viewers, let us know in the comments about what you think. So, all right, last hand, Josh. All right, so this is a this is a doozy, and it's one. Uh, it's definitely one that I have thought, given a lot of thought since its occurrence. Um, so definitely want definitely want to talk through as we move later in the hand. It's gonna, again, it's going to be against the same villain here. Uh, this kind of young young Asian guy, aggressive, pretty decent. Um, I am in the big blind in this hand, and we're playing pretty deep. We're playing six hundred and twenty effective. There's no straddle on. So 200 big blinds, uh, which is great. I like I like the ability to get deep stacked. As as we've said before, you know this one three encore Boston Harbor game is the same buy in as your two five best bet game. So it does get quite deep stacked. The action can get very crazy, um, and it's going to start as many live poker hands do with a limp from middle position uh, before the villain raises to 20. Which is a little bit big, but over a limp, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, def he, he, he definitely, you know, raises to 15 a lot of the time, especially if there's no limps. So it's not, no alarm bells ringing or anything like that. What it, seat is he? He is going to be in the hijack in this hand. And it folds to me in the big blind with ace of clubs, king of hearts. Okay. So I am going to three bet here. Uh, I decide to go 75, uh, which is a little bit under 4x, you know, it's, I, I could go 80, I could go 85 just because of the limper, but I, I decided to go 75, I, I don't know why, I think it's, they're all yeah, I mean, in probably, the ballpark. I, probably 80, 85 is more correct, but yeah, it doesn't super matter. Um, I agree. If the limper was not there, would you ever consider flatting here with Ace-King off versus a competent villain? Um, I would sometimes, but I think f opening from the hijack, I probably am still three betting most of the time. Maybe once in a while I'll call with Ace King off, but I think and, and if he opened from like middle position or earlier, I would definitely wait more towards calling with nobody in the middle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I from fair. the from the hijack, I think it's late enough where I would probably be raising most of the time. Yeah, and I think ace-king off should be three-bet most of the time, especially against most live players. But sometimes against a combinant player, you do like to re... If, if you're really utilizing a properly polarized three-betting strategy from the big blind, it is nice to have some premiums in that flatting range. And ace-king off is a great candidate. So. And with the limper, I obviously think it's a slam dunk. Oh, yeah, that. with the limper, you can... So the limper snap folds, as you might expect, and the, the villain doesn't take too long before calling. So I, I made it 75 with ace-king offsuit uh, in the big blind. I got called by the opener, this Asian rag, young Asian rag, aggro, good. Uh, pot's now about 150, and the flop is going to come out. Ace of spades, nine of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. And you do not have the king of diamonds. We don't have a diamond at all, and the ace is not a diamond here. Okay. So Sorry, remind, what are the suits of your handing in? My, I've got the ace of clubs and the king of hearts. Ace of clubs, king of hearts. Okay. So uh, I am going to bet here. I think, you know, the board is is quite dry, right? The only draw is a diamond draw. So I'm, I am I actually elect to take a quite small sizing here. I go 40. Hmm. 40 into 150? Um, okay. 
Why? I agree. I think that my tendency when the board is so good for me is like a lot of times, and it's really dry. Like I do like to maybe sometimes take a larger sizing because they're forced to defend down with more hands um, because they don't have as many hand, made hands, even marginal made hands. Okay. Um, so I it, might I might size up a bit here. I don't think it's bad to just range about this board though. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yeah, I, I kind of think I kind of think more the other way where if there's more if the board is a little bit wetter, I try to polarize a bit more. You know, I might put a top, you know, a lot of top pair hands into like sort of check call and then like put more put like really strong hands and really strong draws and bet larger. I don't love the idea of betting like all my hands, you know, for a larger sizing here. Definitely not. Definitely not. No. But I think you might be able to bet more hands. Like it's using a mixed flop strategy, sizing strategy is like really hard to do well. But it's something I've been trying to incorporate into my game, like seeing spots where like there are some hands I will take, I can take for a large sizing on certain boards that I might otherwise just range bet. I don't know. Might be stupid. Might be better to just what you did so. yeah it is interesting and i think i probably can i mean i probably can size up i don't know maybe like half pot ish that's the only bet size allowed that's that's true that's true uh yeah and by the way i know we've made this joke before but for for our listeners there was a guy in a home game that we played that literally only ever bet half pot like it was very funny and we laughed about it a lot after the fact because like it really was like no 100%. matter the texture, aggressor, not aggressor, donking, betting in position, half pot, always. And what was funny about it was he was like very, he was like, he one time made a comment like, I really screwed up that stream. I, instead of checking, I should have bet half pot. So it's like he was really doing it on purpose and thinking about it and have come to the conclusion that that was correct. So anyway, Sorry for that detour, but anyway, um, I, so, so I, I like to go small here and I do see your point that, you know, when the board is dry, we can get, we, we you know, they, they just have to defend with, like, but, you know, I, I don't know what hands Villain is necessarily defending with that are bad. Like, I guess, I, I guess you're kind of saying that if he has, like, 10-9 or 9-8 here, he kind of has to defend regardless of sizing. Is that, is that what you're thinking? I'm more thinking if he has, like, a small pocket pair, like sixes. Like, I think that on a board, let's say, like, the board was, like, you know, queen- eight seven or queen eight five or something like that um or or jack eight five i don't know something like that like you know sort of a middling board if you bet really large he's going to fold pocket sixes and if you bet really small he's going to call with pocket sixes but on this board he should call most sizes with pocket sixes really i i don't think he i don't think he would be calling like a large sizing with pocket sixes on this board necessarily but like, I guess because I think he has so few hands that can call because he's so likely to make a decent hand on this board. Like he has so many non-pair, he has so many hands that aren't pocket pairs, you know, that are just air. That's true. So, you know, he has, I mean, who knows how, you know, if this guy's really thinking in this way, but if he is, if he's constructing his continuance range right, he should be continuing with more hands than he normally Right, but I do still, you know, because if I take a larger sizing, he has to defend with fewer hands also, so he can start, and I think the first hands you cut, I mean, obviously you have your junk hands that you're folding out either way, so you'd really, I, I'd really have to look at the composition of his range, and but I, I don't know that, you know, pocket eights and below are in the top X percent if I were to take, you know, a two-thirds pot sizing or something. 
I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, but, all right, we're on a tangent here. So but that's okay. a good point. Anyway, he calls your forty dollars. He does. He does call. It would be a boring hand otherwise, as I like to say. Um, cool. So the turn, I would say, is a pretty bad one. It's uh, it's the queen of diamonds. Okay, so you're now losing ace queen. You're now losing two diamond draws. Yes, um, and I'm sort of thinking about this hand, uh, and I kind of I kind of thought a lot about about what to do on this turn after the fact. Um, so I, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing your your thoughts on on what you're doing here, not necessarily just with ace king with no diamond, but what you might be doing with a with a number of of hands, you know, in your range here. Yeah, I mean if. I mean, in general, this is for sure a better card for him. Um, but I will say he doesn't really have, like, a huge nut advantage on this board. Like, yes, he has more flushes, but not that many more flushes. Like, we also have some flushes. Um, and we have more sets. Like, we have queen-queen. We have ace-ace. Uh, we have nine-nine. He also has nine-nine, of course. He can have queen-queen here, too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily that we're three betting nine nine from the big blind a whole lot. Yeah, probably, I guess. you're right. We probably don't have nine nine. You're right. So, okay, but we have you know the we have ace ace and queen queen obviously, and he probably yeah. doesn't. Um, and I mean, I don't. I can't. We still have a range advantage on this board. We still have more strong hands than he does. So I don't really just. I don't really like the idea of checking this board. I guess. Um. I mean, if we bet and get raised, like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so, so let, let me run this idea by you. This is kind of a thought I had after that, you know, I think there it's fine to start putting some strong hands into a checking range to protect it against an aggressive player here. Mm -hmm. But my thought is sort of, you know, the a, a good hand to put into a check calling range would be ace-king with the ace of diamonds. Because that's like a big value hand he can have, right? Is because the ace is not a diamond here. And like ace-king offsuit with the ace of diamonds like just blocks so many value hands that like if he starts betting, he's like very heavily weighted towards bluffs. Versus a right. hand like ace-king offsuit. To your point, obviously if we bet and get raised, I think we fold ace-king offsuit here, right? But if obviously if we... And, and like we do have enough hands that we're bet calling because we do have like a lot of sets we we have our own flushes like like we are obviously three betting quite a like a, a good amount of suited aces yeah i mean we definitely like our range is fairly protected here like he shouldn't be raising us light really. right exactly i mean he also really shouldn't be raising with a stiff ace of diamonds because he has a he has showdown value yeah a lot of so I mean, if we're getting raised here, like, what does it really indicate? Is like a small flush, I guess. Like, or nine nine maybe. Yeah. It's nine. Yeah, is nine nine taken this way? I don't know. Sometimes, sure. Um, it's a weird card to raise on with nine nine though. So th this is just kind of what I'm thinking because what what I wind up doing is 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 checking, and I I don't know you know what you think about that, and I know we've. You know, you've, you've kind of gone back and forth, and I also have gone back and forth since the hand, because I think it's just a, a weird card, like, and I wonder if I'm just supposed to, you know, be betting small with this hand, with flushes, with aces, with queens, and then I have, like, kind of playability to, to fold ace-king offsuit with no diamonds, 
and call with my strong made hands and like check call with my ace kings that block flushes. Sure. So no, I hear you. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, what is he calling us with? Also, if we bet at this on this treat, like, I mean, if you think he's just bad and we'll call with like ace jack no diamond which i don't know that he will i don't know that he will but also you know if we were to bet small like maybe he's kind of priced into to calling call with like name. that yeah but if he's savvy i mean he knows he, he he might know to just like i mean he might put pressure on you i don't know i mean i guess ace if you bet small and he has like ace jack off it's sort of close I mean, he really, he's not supposed to really have ace-jack off when he three-bet from the big blind, though. That's the other thing. Like, if you think he has too many hands here, then I kind of could see going for a small bet. But if you think he's relatively reasonable, I think check-calling is good because um, if, because, like, if you check and he bets, you're, ne like, it's never, it would be insane to fold. Yeah. So I think that, like, you have a very robust check-call strategy. Versus if you versus like a bet fold strategy there is sort of like I don't know like villain could be sniffing things out here and and betting large is just crazy because you're getting called by nothing so I think check calling is good I well, think what you did is good. and that's why I was kind of thinking with the structured with the the betting structure of you know if we bet this if we bet small with like a just all out like what what are you doing here with pocket aces or with a flush for example um. Pocket aces or with a flush. With pocket aces, that's sort of interesting because we block a lot of the hands that would call us. And, and I guess it depends on if we have a diamond too with our pocket aces. Sure. Um, I mean, if we if pocket aces with a diamond, I think has to be bet. Yeah. 100%. Um, because like, you're not afraid of anything. You, need, you just want to put money in. So I, I think pocket aces with a diamond is an easy bet. I think pocket aces, no diamond. Yeah, it's weird. It's weirdly weird. I think... I mean, I don't hate, like, checking pocket aces, no diamond, which I think means that ace-king, no diamond, should also be checked. By the yeah. way, and I really think ace-king with a diamond, to be honest with you, should be bet, because you are protected. You're right. Protected. So I, I, I actually am going to say that what you did is correct, and your 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 idea of putting the ace-king with a diamond into a checking range, check-calling range, I think is worse. Because I think you can bet those hands, and be and like if you get raised, like you can be like. Hmm. But the the interesting the interesting thing that I was also thinking is that like Ace King with the King of Diamonds doesn't matter as much because like Ace X of Diamonds is like probably a, a decent part of his range at this point that like you know and and having and King X of Diamonds probably isn't like calling a three bet that much. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. So, the, yeah. but but okay. F fair enough. I, I was kind of, I might be thinking about it a little bit backwards, but I was I was just sort of thinking, you know, if I if I like you you do need to have some hands, right? When you bet, like you can have hands that are bet folds and hands that are bet calls. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's why I was yeah. kind of thinking of this hand. If Ace King off unblocks all his value, but like can still get called by worse, you know, probably one more street. Yeah, but I think we want to maybe target the river for that because there aren't a lot of draws we're trying to get value from here. So I want to check call, which I think is what you did, right? Yes, I, ch I check, and he bets 125, which is a bit over half pot. Great okay. sizing. Uh, and I do call. Okay. Um, so the pot is now about 
485, and he's got 380 left in his stack. Okay. All right. And the river comes a massive brick. It's the three of clubs. And okay. I check, and he rips it. And this is kind of where I was thinking. This is kind of what led to my line of thinking about the whole, like, ace-king with a diamond versus ace-king without a diamond versus, like, what am I doing with pocket aces? Because the the issue with, like, putting this hand into a check call range is that this hand is, like, the strongest hand I have that, check that like, check calls the turn. Well, no, we just said pocket aces, no diamond. Right, which is one combo. Yeah. Which is like not which which sure yes if we if we decide to do that absolutely, pocket aces no diamond which might be a good a good candidate maybe maybe pocket queens also no diamond okay so we found I mean, two it's, so so it's just it's just one of these situations where basically as he jammed I was my I like tanked for quite a while and I I basically was thinking you know what what like what better hands am I checking because I don't even know if I want to be like check calling aces and queens with no diamond because like I, it is wait a minute. I, I don't really agree with this i think you would check call ace queen on the turn i think you would check call ace nine suited on the turn so i don't think you have the best hand here at all i think you can fold okay because I, I i don't know if i'm checking ace queen on the turn like i guess ace queen you think ace queen no diamond is can check on the turn because I think that hand can, like, I don't know. I think a like two pair and better can definitely can get value from worse. What is ace queen off? Let's say or ace queen suited or whatever. Ace queen of spades. Uh huh. I don't know if the ace is a spade, but um. But I know, but sure, ace queen suited. Ace queen. What are you getting value from with ace queen that you're not getting value from on the turn with ace queen? Uh, I say it again. What are you getting value from with ace queen on the turn? That you're not getting value from with ace king well i guess like ace nine or ace deuce sure those are the only but like suited they're like he can have i think he can i mean he can have those hands but that's like two combos he will also each. probably bet those so you can check call still that's true that's true so yeah so so maybe i i, I was kind of thinking about maybe my in my head my betting range is too big because so for, for again for the listeners we've got i've got ace king offsuit with no diamond uh, the board is Ace of Spades, Nine of Diamonds, Deuce of Diamonds. Then the turn came the Queen of Diamonds, and the River is a Brick. It's an offsuit three. Uh, I have checked, and my opponent has now jammed for about three quarters pot. And I think I probably agree with you. If I, I think I was just kind of, and this is where again where I was kind of thinking about how to balance my checking range with like the Ace King with the Diamond. But it might make more sense to do with you know the Ace Queens that don't that don't have a, a Diamond, right? Do you think I can bet Ace Queen with the Ace of Diamonds? on the on the turn absolutely because if we're betting ace king with the ace of diamonds we probably should bet ace queen with the ace of diamonds yep i do and i think that by the way like he could be making a thin value shove here with a set which obviously you also lose to and having ace queen ace nine blocks those hands better so i really think that those are much better hands to call with uh, I think the ace king is just. I think check calling on the turn with ace king is correct, and I think folding ace king here on the river is probably. The yeah, best. yeah, I think you're probably right because I think I think calling, I think just check calling, you know, being able to check call turn with some some two pairs and some sets definitely helps sort of balance out the range. Um, help. That's what I wanted to talk about this hand because I was like really thinking about it a lot after and being like, wow, how do am I supposed to make my you know construct my ranges here to not get into this situation? 
And I did make the call because of my faulty logic, and he did show me Ace Jack of Diamonds, uh, which you know is the nuts. So that's uh, which you know is is probably to be to be expected more or less. Um, yeah. So yeah. just kind of interesting thought about about range construction and how which hands to put where and how to sort of you know make that make that work with having to defend a certain amount. So, okay, well, I, I think that, and, and I see your point too, that, you know, if I check with like ace king with the ace of diamonds on the turn and check call and he like jams river, he can still be doing that with like sets a lot or other flushes. And so it might just make sense to be, be bet calling. And just like, if he has a set, he has a set, at least I'm blocking the flush or have outs. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, but really interesting hand, like not an obvious I mean, what a, the turn, I think, is the most interesting part of that hand. It's a really weird turn card. Yeah, it's brutal. Brutal turn card. Yeah. Because it's just like, you know, it's always weird when you have, like, a range advantage, and the nut advantage is, like, murky, and then your yeah. opponent just starts, like, blasting. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I mean, again, you know, in live, it's live poker, so, like, you know, if you're if this is just your sort of standard live reg, they... Probably, probably have you beat there a lot, you know. But yeah. When you're playing against someone who sort of knows what they're doing, it's, it's a lot harder. So. Yeah, but 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 see, know what you're doing in poker, uh, which is why we we are bad at poker. And also to your point <laughs> here, like you know, him having the naked ace of diamonds wouldn't really make sense as a bluff unless he's like a real Chad, like a true giga Chad. Yeah, like, like he would need to, he would basically. Yeah, he would need to identify like my ace, you know, my ace. Five offsuit with the ace of diamonds that I inexplicably called a three bet with is no good. I need to turn it into a bluff. Yeah, so. which would be sick. I mean, that would be sick if he did that. Absolutely, but Absolutely. he did. So yeah. okay. Well, I think that wraps it up, Josh. Yeah, I think that's it. Good to have a, a video one. I think we had a lot of really, really interesting hands, weird value, and uh, we both made some calls questionable calls well yeah, yeah i think your call was probably you know we decided that your call probably makes sense and my call probably doesn't yeah my, my call is probably close i think yeah. it makes sense is a little generous but it's close <laughs> and, well it's close to making sense yeah yeah um well if you like the video format everybody let us know by liking the video and subscribing to the channel and please leave a comment on how we uh, could have played these hands better all right bye everybody have a good one